With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Congratulations to the Navy Midshipmen. To the winners of the Commander in Chief's Trophy, the Great Air Force All right, welcome back to the Against All Enemies podcast. Uh, heading into week three now. We only had one Service Academy football game this past weekend, uh, but it was one of, if not the most exciting games in the college football world on Saturday for sure. And we will talk plenty about Army versus Michigan in the big house. And and um, got Kayla and Scott on here. And Austin's coaching volleyball right now, but he's going to join us hopefully later so we'll save maybe to the end to talk with him but uh, I feel like we did a pretty good job guys just to kind of jump right in of the build-up and lead-up of balancing kind of army coming in army fans coming in thinking like yeah we're definitely going to win in the big house and trying to kind of pump the brakes a little bit and be like hey this is still a top 10 team Um, and yes like you guys are capable of of giving Michigan a game for sure but it's going to take a lot you know a lot of these different things and laying out what that was and honestly like most of that um, came to fruition so kudos to to you Scott on kind of you know you've been on the other side but you kind of came around after week one and said no like I I think Army is going to give them a game Uh, we basically all said 22 and a half points is money in the bank and which proved to be true um, which we kind of I should have bet, you know, bet more money on that game because we knew that in our heart of hearts. But I don't know. Did y'all feel kind of the same way that we like? I don't know. I felt good about our um, kind of preview and everything leading up into the game, and then the way the game played out and what it was going to take for Army to pull that out, and obviously a heartbreaking loss. But um, all, you know, for us, I felt like we kind of set that up um, how it was going to play out if Army was going to was going to be able to pull that out. Yeah, I mean, anytime you get a service academy in a game like this, um, I said on the last podcast, maybe Army didn't think of it this way. I know that when we kind of have our time in the spotlight, we don't necessarily think of it that way. But you really are representing all of service academy football. Yeah. Um, I think the rest of the country, a lot of the the broadcasters, I actually heard, it was funny, I heard um, someone on NFL Sunday said, oh, they run almost like a service academy team. And so it's clear that the general public kind of lumps us all in together. And so when you can go out there and show that we are a legitimate, we are able to play football using our system, using our recruiting, all that kind of stuff, I think it's a really good thing. Um, I mean, from the very beginning, obviously, there was a little bit, and I'm, and I'm not going to say that this was all an act or anything. I truly did believe that maybe Army's time was up, but it's just like they really have stayed the course. And the biggest thing that I have to say is I am just so, like, it's weird how proud I feel of, of army really um, just with the, how kind of steadfast they are and just trusting the process and coming together as a team. 
Um, you, I just I've never seen a team that just believes in themselves like that. Even when they go down, the way they're able to pick themselves back up. And I mean, this that's all kind of just generalizing, but it was just really cool to see from start to finish, all the way through to the end. The only thing that would have made it better, obviously, would have been an army win. So. No, yeah, I'd agree. I feel like watching, especially watching the first half, I was like, am I watching Ar- Army versus Oklahoma, like, 2.0? Like, what is going on here? I I was so impressed with just the, the energy, the up-tempo of the team from just out the gate from the beginning. Um, like you had said, I think we all did a kind of a good job of kind of picking out what we thought were some strengths and, and weaknesses uh, from Army and Michigan, and I think they did an awesome job of um, – how we kind of mentioned capitalizing on um, some, you know, hiccups on the on the on the half of Michigan, which Army also made, and um, I think it was just a, a constant back and forth, really, until the very end. I was really impressed with just how much heart uh, that they played out there. I think, you know, coming into such a big stadium, and I mentioned this before, everybody I think was rooting kind of for them as uh, kind of this little team coming into this huge space to to take on. Uh, this top-ranked team, and I definitely think they they showed themselves that they're more than skilled. Um, so it just kind of I think goes to show you you can I mean definitely service academy teams can be put up against um, you know these these nationally uh, ranked and, and power five teams and really put on a put on a great uh, game because it really was entertaining up until the very the very last second. So yeah, and I think to Scott's point about um, kind of lumping everybody together, and I think that's true and. You know, in the pregame show, Urban Meyer is now, you know, a Fox analyst or whatever during the season. And, you know, he's mentioning Navy, you know, playing Navy um, in the horseshoe and Navy, you know, taking him to the wire um, when Ricky Dobbs, when he came with them, that kind of two-point conversion uh, attempt of, of taking them, I guess, you know, essentially to overtime a few years ago. And, um, you know, people mentioning uh, during the broadcast, the announcers mentioning the Air Force game versus Michigan a couple of years ago and kind of, you know, they did. I mean, they just pretty much lumped it all together. And the, you know, the Twitter sphere goes right to, you know, everything becomes the troops (laughs) as kind of this plurality. And so it's fun to play off that whenever we get these chances. Um, And, and, and also just um, even beyond that, it's like, they, they, you see a ton of people saying like, Hey, when are the big team, when are the, you know, top, you know, 10 teams going to, going to, learn not to schedule army air force or navy basically um but they never will because of the story like the hit you know the history and the story programs like it'll always be um maybe maybe there'll come a time when ad's are like i'm gonna shy away from that but i don't think so i think they you know they they enjoy the pageantry and all that goes along with the game as well um now i don't know about this home and home with army or with oklahoma actually traveling to army um that's a little bit different um but but yeah i mean it was it was great um, so any, I mean, we can kind of break down, I guess, you know, the game, any major thoughts, things that stood out that you wanted to bring up, um, you know, as it relates to, to the Army Michigan game? Um, I kind of wanted to, oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, I kind of, it was funny because I think we, we talked a little about this in the game or the show before, and I know I touched on this in my preview and hoping that like Michigan definitely like made some mistakes and that army would use that as momentum to capitalize that and we literally saw that in the first like opening drive the first um you know five minutes and i thought that was great um you know with eric smith you know forcing that fumble and then literally turning that into a touchdown like you know minutes later um and it's to see them on the field and and really really hyped and you know it's always so funny of course to watch your opponents 
um, you know, and, and fans just like the surprise look on everybody's faces because um, mentioning before, you know, Michigan having two quarterbacks that they can really use at their disposal, change in and out and kind of um, mess up with the Army tempo and kind of keep them on their toes. I definitely think they did, but I also think Army did a good job of, you know, putting the pressure on them uh, when they could. And we saw that literally from the jump uh, of that opening drive. So I thought uh, that that was something Army did do is, you know, they themselves, you know, a couple fun fumbles as well and some penalties. But I think when Michigan kind of had those hiccups, they did a good job of, of really owning that and transforming into drives for, you know, for themselves. Um, and I think that's what, you know, they were able to take the game literally into overtime. So for me, um, the one thing that Jeff Munkin has said is he said that the best chance that Army has of winning their games in their system is is based on three stats. Number one, it's controlling the clock. Number two, it's playing the statistics and being efficient on um, fourth down whenever they have those opportunities and not having turnovers and capitalizing on turnovers. They won the possession battle, so they controlled the ball for 31 minutes and 35 seconds of the game, while Michigan only had it for 28, obviously. Um, they were three for three on fourth downs. Unfortunately, they turned the ball over. Um, obviously, that threshold was kind of a raise, and they were able to take it into overtime because they were able to get it back, like on great opportunities a couple times. But you have to do. You, I mean, really, the one play that was the turning point um, was the interception, the the third down interception where Kelvin Hopkins threw it into triple coverage on the right side. It got picked off. Now, I'm not critical of that play because this was the other thing that I talked about um, in the buildup was that how long eventually they're going to have to take risks, right? Mm -hmm. Because that system isn't going to work forever against a team like Michigan. And so I think that was the right time to do it. I mean, obviously it's a, it's a split second decision and it was a little bit of a forced pass. And obviously they could have walked away um, with three points on the board versus having none for them and then basically letting that turn into a Michigan drive for a touchdown. But, um, I mean, it, it's tough and it's really, you got to think about it is that I think every decision that they made was calculated and measured. And when the chips just kind of fell that way, that was, that was tough to see, but overall it, it just couldn't have been a better coached game. And even with some of the stats that maybe don't look like, like really from the stats, it, it doesn't look like Kelvin Hopkins had a great game, right? Um, but the way he commanded his offense and again, had his confidence, like on the field, if you watch the tape, you also wouldn't believe that he necessarily had those stats. So, um, I mean, really, I, I know this is just kind of like a, a pumping up army fest, but it, it was just, it, the only, I, I think they deserve the win and it's just tough to see how it kind of came out. But overall, I think the play was fantastic. Yeah. I think you actually pointed out, it was a Colin Cowherd that was like basically praising Harbaugh for like that he like knows how to like sucker you know opponents in and make suck them in and make them feel like like they have a chance at winning just to like you know pull it out in the end or whatever. Um, I think <laughs> yeah, and it's just like come on, dude. Like that's that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. Like army, it's the most condescending thing I've ever heard. Army should have obviously you know won the game. Um, I actually disagree with you, um, Scott. That I think that um, well, first off, the second and goal with the one, the false start by Slomka. I mean that's. The, the pick, obviously, huge, but that, that I mean, that was the backbreaker, right, to go from second and goal at the one um, back to the six. 
with that fall. And he like barely, I mean, he just kind of rocked forward right out of his stance. Um, I, I think he forgot that there was a guy coming into motion on the play, which uh, there usually is, right? A slot back kind of coming into motion. But like he was just, I, I, you, I, I think that was a design play for Slomka, right? Like that was going to go right. to the fullback. He was going to take um, it. It was either going to be Hopkins keeper or fullback, one of the two. And he knew like, I mean, they're up by seven already. Like this is putting the game away um, with, you know, seven minutes to go, seven and a half minutes to go in the third quarter type you know, feeling, and he just kind of rocked forward a little bit and fell out of his stance and to move back to the six. And then I actually disagree on the, the call. I don't think – I don't think there – yes, you have to take risks eventually. Um, I agree. But at that point, like the worst-case scenario, if on third and goal you don't pick up, you know, f- five yards, the risk take then is – to me is you, you run that play as – as you're running the offense, hoping to pick up three or four yards and just see where you end up. And if you end, back, end up back on the one or the one and a half and you want to consider taking a risk there of going forward on you know fourth and goal versus kicking a field goal, um, then you make that decision. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like you're, you're still five yards away. It's still third, you know, it's, it's third down at that point. Um, but, you know, you have to be thinking, I can still get three points out of this and go up by 10 and be up to, you know, two scores knowing that, you have a chance to probably seal the game with a, a single long drive in the fourth quarter, um, potentially, and obviously that just that swung the momentum. But uh, but overall, I mean, they got plenty of help from Michigan early, had the lead, you know, at the half, and and kept you know kept kept playing, kept fighting. Um, you know, Michigan I think was a little spooked early and and went for that that fake punt that they got. Um, if you remember that. Uh, and things like that, where it's just like, yeah, like Army was in their head, you know, in their head a little bit. And um, man, what a what a tough position for that freshman kicker to be in, right? Um, yeah. Cole Tyler, his first ever field goal attempt is oh, in the big brutal. house from 50 <laughs> yards out to to beat Michigan. Um, and I, I mean, it looked further right than it was, you know, straight on. I feel like when they went under the under the pylon, I'm actually not sure if it would have made it through um, the bottom, you know, part of the pylon, but. It was it was really close. That was a really close kick, just just off. So, um, and, and then even in overtime, like I don't, and maybe I'm just being too much of the armchair kind of quarterback guy on the offensive play calling, but like I don't know if after you then um, held Michigan to a field goal in the second overtime, yeah, I know like the the second and eight play you go to third and eleven, yes, more than likely like you got to drop back, but um, you know you have two plays there to pick up a first down or at the like worst case scenario, once again, yeah, you don't want the freshman kicker kicking a 50 plus yarder again, but like, can we get back to the 30 or I, I don't know. Um, I just kind of question the fact that of, you know, basically two of the four pass attempts of the, of the day resulted in the two plays that cost them the game in, in, in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. I, I also think that overtime, I mean, I, I don't think they were ever going to win in overtime, especially and maybe, it's kind of overstated by the broadcasters and maybe just how Jeff Munkin kind of talks. Um, I mean, obviously he's a brilliant coach, but if, if it is true that how much they say that they rely on statistics for all their play calling and decisions and stuff, I mean, that's just not going to work in a squeeze college football style overtime. Right. I mean, I think there's a lot of art that goes into that. Um, And, and I just, I mean, I said this on Twitter and, and people might disagree with it, but you're, when you take away armies controlling the clock, which is a major part of their game, that's just something that they do um, throughout the game. It's so important to them. When you take that aspect away, I mean, that's that's really taking a weapon from army. 
when you just kind of have the, yeah. you know, playing the way that you do in college. So, that's true. yeah, but I also thought, I honestly thought, you know, um, they got the ball first in overtime when they went and drove down and scored that yeah, touchdown. That I it, thought yeah. they were going to win the game. Even after everything else, I was like, when they went up um, with, you know, with Michigan going to have to score a touchdown to tie them to go to second overtime. I was, I, I, the way the defense for army had played all day, um, I thought, I, I was just convinced. I, I mean, I was running the official Twitter, you know, for AAE at the time because Joe was typing up his recap, and I almost said something to that effect, and I knew I probably would eat my words, so I'm glad I didn't actually, like, type that in. But I, I, mean, I just had this feeling that, that the Army defense was going to stand strong. Um, but to your point, like, prolonged overtime, not not good for, um, for Army's chances. So maybe kicking a field goal for them wasn't even in their kind of – thought process thinking at that time they were they were going to go for it because they wanted you know it was it was gonna unless they're down at the five or something like it was going to be like hey we're, we're trying to win here um type deal so but and hopefully my kind of negative view on not it wasn't even negative it's just that's just how, how i saw I, I disagree with the play calling that led to that interception um that, that's not taking away anything from from the game i mean you guys said that and, and i mean i had I, I mean i was you know basically down you know hands in my head and I'm, I'm a navy fan like well it shouldn't be happening but it was like that exciting of a game and uh and i i wanted to see army pull that out and obviously that would have just set up an even better cic race not that it's not going to be great i've I just got this feeling it's going to be it's going to be um some really good cic games this year but just adding that extra you know fact of army being ranked coming into the first their first game by that point probably and um i don't know i i was i was pulling for him and and I, to your point too, Scott. I thought Kelvin Hopkins played tremendous. I don't care what I don't even I haven't even looked at the stats. I don't. I know he was like two for four passing. That's about all I know. Um, but I thought he just he ran the offense. It was gutsy. I know Slomka had like almost thirty carries. Yep. Um, you know, so it was it it was what you kind of expected, and a couple of things that they needed to bounce their way, and they needed to play almost perfectly to to kind of pull it out. And Michigan gave them plenty of opportunities, um, but then they kind of gave it right back a couple of times, and so. Uh, in the end, you know, just wasn't quite enough. But obviously, they should be proud of of, of what they did, and all the service academy kind of football collectively should be proud of that. And, and looking forward to the rest of the season, um, it's gonna be kind of interesting on the Army side because they're similar to last year with Oklahoma, right? Like now the schedule right. shifts, backwards. and you, you don't you don't really have another like huge game. You'll have some 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 bigger opponents down the road, but like another huge game until the Air Force game, really. Um, so that's I don't know if if I'm an army fan, I'm kind of a little bit like uh like that close again just to you know play UTSA and some of these other opponents um that they have coming up you know and and that would be a little bit tough. Whereas I don't know the other the other two you know service academies if they were coming off if Navy's coming off the Notre Dame loss like they they have a you know couple of big conference games still left and obviously Army Navy down the road. But um, any other thoughts? Anything else on Army Michigan? Yeah, so I mean, they should obviously be proud of, of what they were able to do, and now it's time to turn the page for them to UTSA, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and we already all know Scott's prediction for this game, so <laughs> we'll give him a chance to to maybe reconsider. I don't know; he's watching. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he's watched I, if you, I was hoping. If you remember, if if you do remember, um, my prediction was contingent on what happened with this game. I said mm-hmm. that basically. Um, the the two scenarios would have it would have to be an extreme game, either an extreme blowout or it would have to be an extreme win, uh, which would turn into a 
Not probably not really even a trap game. They would have to play insanely bad for it to work. Um, but I was more so saying if they got blown out by Michigan after thinking, I think if Army blew out Rice and then got blown out by Michigan, it would be maybe a little bit of a different story. But I, I think that um, I think they're going to do fine. Even even if the game, I, I didn't look at what the spread is, but I could almost see UTSA covering it, um, but Army still playing a great game and getting a, a solid win. All right, we'll get there. We'll get there. Let's take a break real quick. Uh, when we come back on the other side of the break, we have – actually, I don't even know. I, I, I've read Austin's article on the best games of the week, but if I'm looking at best game of the week – it's not even really a contest for the service for the service academy games. He 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 went through and rate you know and said what's the best game every week of the schedule. Um, so check that article out if you if you guys want to on the blog. But uh, Air Force Colorado uh, renewing a rivalry that they haven't played in quite a few years um, in Boulder, and we'll talk all about that coming up. I'm really curious to hear what Scott has to say after um, last week's game for Colorado. So we'll catch you on the other side of this break. All right, welcome back to the Against the Enemies podcast. Uh, we just got done talking Army-Michigan, and, and what a great game that was. And there's another game that, that, is, as, that is somewhat similar in that um, I don't think Colorado is Michigan, but, um, but Air Force is going to travel to Boulder for the first time um, since, what, like 1974 or something like that, Scott? Um, yeah, so 1974 to take on Colorado in the inter- interstate um, you know, I guess it's not really a rivalry because they haven't played in that long. But in, in one of those types of games, um, this will be Air Force's, you know, big Power Five um, opponent for this season uh, in a Colorado team that um, that we talked about a little bit after they played Colorado State in week one. And we're looking at, you know, kind of a rundown. We ran down the Mountain West um, and how well they had done after week one. Um, but, but Colorado State still put up a, a, a 30 spot on them. Um, and then last week against Nebraska in Colorado, um, had a huge come from behind victory. I don't know if I'm assuming you watched at least some of the game. I watched a large, a large majority of the second half of this game. Once Colorado started coming back, they were down 17, nothing at the half. Um, did you watch the game, Scott? I'm assuming you did. I watched, yeah, I watched the entire thing, like edge of my seat, pretty much the entire game. Yeah. So Um, down, down 17, nothing. And then just a huge. Um, come from behind win to push Nebraska to overtime um, and win in overtime. But I'll, I'll leave that to you. Kind of, I didn't watch the whole game. I watched the second or the halfway through the third quarter on. Basically, um, same thing though. Like I was, it was an exciting game. So Colorado was coming off of a, a big time high and beating a, a Nebraska team that was ranked, um, I think, twenty fifth coming into that game. Took them to overtime. Big, big come from behind win. So what were your thoughts on that game? And what were, what are your thoughts on what that means? for them now having to come off of that to, to host Air Force, a team that theoretically they probably feel like they should beat on a, any given week? Um, here's the analogy that I'll give you. It would be like watching Chris Pratt in a Marvel movie and then asking how he would be in a reboot of Parks and Recreation. <laughs> I just have no idea what I watched. It was like a fantastic football game. Um, just I, I couldn't get anything out of it. It's I think that Mel Tucker is this like weirdo savant football guy who just he does exactly what he says. He wants to run hard nosed football, um, and they have insane amounts of depth. I mean, just the way that they stayed in it. And I mean, if you look at the, they were the one thing that I will say about Colorado is they they weren't um, super disciplined in the beginning. Uh, they had a lot of penalty yards. 
in the first half. And then once they kind of tightened it up and came together as a team, it was like they were just unstoppable. Steven Montez is like – he's just like a powder keg out there. I mean, he averaged 9.1 yards of throw, uh, threw for 375 yards, and then ran for minus 17 yards. So I have absolutely no idea what's going on. Fontenon, or Fontenot is an incredible running back. Um as well as Jar- Jaron Mangum, I mean, it's just like when it comes to us going up there, I, I think that they were they were prepared well, but they played really fast and loose against um, just a solid Nebraska team. And I think that going into have Air Force play against them, it's just going to be a completely different scenario. And I'm really interested to see what they bring because I think if they try to play fast and loose. I think that that's exactly what Air Force wants because we want them to try to play fast and kind of wear them down. Um, but I, I, I don't know what kind of schemes we're going to have. I don't know what we're going to cook up. I think that there's going to be big potential for Air Force to make some of those big plays like we, we'd like to do on every now and again, uh, marching down the field, throw one for like 30, 40 yards, that kind of thing. Um, it's just, it just really feels like a toss-up at this point. And honestly, looking at the odds, and I know we talk about the odds later in, in the podcast, but, I mean, what am I supposed to do with a minus-four spread for Colorado? I mean, just based on how it's been, how Air Force has only played against an FCS team, um, and granted, they blew them out, but then Colorado had that win, is now 2-0, and um, with one of those wins coming from a ranked team, I think that some people are thinking that Air Force is going to be that good, but I'm not even that confident in my team Maybe just because I followed them too closely, but um, I'm just this is the most confused I've ever been about an Air Force game. <laughs> <laughs> so please, like, can someone from an outside perspective at least give me some kind of clarity here? Um, I, I Kayla, do you have anything you want to want to add I, or? So I thought I, the I, I thought the second you. half of the game, looking at um, because I just think the numbers are fascinating, and just looking at. Steven Montez just passing game. I'm really interested to see kind of how that's going to look for Air Force, if that's going to put some heat on them, because I was really, frankly, surprised, especially, you know, coming off of the Army-Michigan game and then watching this um, and just kind of being surprised at kind of how skilled they were um, up against Nebraska. And, I mean, he is absolutely crazy when it comes to just throwing those passes and going out to the side. Um so I'm interested to kind of see how that's going to force Air Force to kind of work because they're a disciplined team and kind of like how Scott says, I think if they pay fast and loose and they can kind of catch some holes uh, where they can. But the passing game just on its own, I'm just astounded by the numbers on that. So I don't really know how in the world Donald Hamlin is going to work with that exactly. Yeah, I mean, so... Well, let me ask another question before I maybe give my thoughts, but but to the just like big picture victory coming off of Nebraska, right? This is an old, old rivalry. Mm-hmm. Right? It dates back to like the big eight days, right, of, of Nebraska and Colorado. Um, and so uh, either fan base could say whatever they want, but, you know, this, this is a big game for them and, um, on either side. And so do you think – and maybe it's just once again, Scott, you're just confused and don't know what to, know what to think in general. And so maybe that it is not you're not even able to answer. It. But the big picture kind of um, victory and the way they had to come back, do, do you think that carries into just a, a momentum surge, or is it like kind of a, a take a deep breath and now Air Force is coming and we feel like we we feel pretty good that we can kind of take Air Force without having to worry about any of this crazy 
um, comeback type thing, and they kind of come in a little complacent. What would your kind of take on that be? Uh, see, that's that's another reason why I'm confused is because I think that there's like a weird kind of competitive dynamic when you're talking about out-of-conference Power 5 games. Um, I mean, it's when you're dealing with like kind of Pac-12 versus Big 10, it's like they kind of – they all kind of play a similar style of football. Obviously there's, there's some differences, but um, I, in my mind, that was a, an appropriate matchup. I think yep. when you have air force come in, um, it's going to be something different that they haven't seen. I, I don't think they can play that exact same way it, in a weird way. It looked like just a bunch of guys got out there playing backyard football. That was like pretty well organized. Um, so I think if air force comes in with discipline and they, and they try to come out swinging, and Steven Montez is running around, getting tackled for ten yard a ten yard loss, and then throwing a thirty five yard bomb on the next one. It's like, how long is that going to work for them? So I think if Air Force maybe takes a page out of Army's book and just stays disciplined, if maybe if they get down a little bit, or even if they get up, don't start going crazy. Just just play your game, play within yourself, um, and just kind of get to the finish line. And it's also this this goes back to what I've talked about a million times about our scheduling. It's like. Going into this game against a team that just beat Nebraska when our only game is against Colgate, yeah, it was a great confidence builder for us, but what do we know about playing a team like this at this point with our current squad? We know nothing, and it's week three, and so it already feels like teams are starting to settle in and get used to everything, but we're not. Our season is beginning, and not even beginning, because now on the on the other end of this game, we got to think about Boise State. So it's, it's so weird and I'm excited for it, but it's like, I think that this was a scheduling gaffe if we want to make this into a, a, a revived rivalry, in my opinion. Yeah, so I think, I think um, I, if I was an Air Force fan, if I was putting myself in your shoes, I would say I'm excited for this game because Colorado was able to come back and beat Nebraska. Not in spite of it or not. Like, if, if that game's 17 nothing, if they double that in the second half and it's a 34 nothing shutout in Colorado and Boulder – by Nebraska, maybe everybody's like, oh, Nebraska's back. Or if you're an Air Force fan looking at it, you're like, eh. Like, okay, even in week three, if we go to Colorado and we lose by two touchdowns, like what does that even really say about the team at that point? Um, you, you go into the Boise game, and I still don't think you know, you know anything um, based on you know kind of how Colorado had performed up and down in the first two weeks, if, if that played out that way. But with them able to kind of show some moxie, Montez, who's a huge dude, he's like 6'6", 230 or something like that. I mean, he's a, he's a big guy. Um, I mean, he, he had a great, great game, you know, passing the ball and the way they kind of came back and were able to win that. Um, I think their kicker's like 32 years old or something like that. <laughs> He's like the second oldest yeah. player in college yeah. football this year, Colorado yeah. kicker. Um, but anyways, um, but I think because of that uh, and the fact that, okay, they beat a ranked team, um, they've, you know, beat a, another Mountain West foe by three touchdowns. Now if you come in and um, I just think it's going to give you a better look at, at – um, at who Air Force is before the Boise game, which this would be great to you know to beat Colorado, but I mean at the end of the day, like Colorado still finishes this season you know six and six or something like that, right? And and um, maybe a little bit better, but um, but what you really care about is is getting into conference play and doing well and having that first game beat Boise. I, I think I just think you're going to actually get to know um, Air Force uh, more uh, in this game, and I, I would be excited for that. And if there's one. Well, I mean, maybe you tell me otherwise, but, you know, we've talked a lot about Air Force's strength on defense, right? And that's the defensive backfield, right, Scott? Um, so I would, I mean, 
even similar to, to the Army Michigan game. Like I would be looking forward to to that. I was looking forward to seeing how that played out. Um, we didn't actually how do, how we got through Army Michigan talk, and I forgot to bring up Elijah Riley. I'm not really sure, um, but Elijah Riley like played out of his mind, right? Um, nine tackles, two sacks, two tackles for a loss, a fumble recovery, and a forced fumble. Um, you know, and 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 I said I was gonna bring it up, you know, on the podcast that this is a guy that I think has a chance to play on Sundays um, talking about army um, cornerback Elijah Riley and he had a great game. Like I want to see the same thing out of air forces DBs um, just given how, um, how good and how deep they are in that defensive backfield. So I think that'll be a really good indicator facing Montez prior to having to go face the true freshman from Boise state, you know, in the next game and, and what they have of just how good that defensive backfield is that defensive line gets some pressure with Jordan Jackson and, uh, and Mo, um, and you're able to kind of get in the backfield a little bit, and the, and the linebackers just kind of play their game, make tackles in, in open field, um, don't have too many blown assignments, and you keep them um, relatively low scoring, and don't let them just don't let them get ahead too far. And then I mean, it's Donald Hammond's, it's his team on offense now. We've seen that, so like I, I would be excited. I, I I don't know if that helps you at all, but I I'm excited for this game. Um, more so than any of the other service academy games this week, and I definitely will be tuning in. I'm glad that it's it's got the first it's the first game. It's a one o'clock um, Eastern kind of time frame game, um, so I won't be busy watching the Navy game or anything like that at that at this point. And so I don't know. I I, I would be excited. I yeah, I am excited. I, I think a big thing about it about this game is that it's going to be hindsight is going to be super 2020 after this game. Um, and the reason why is because it's it's either going to be a huge turning point kind of confidence booster for Air Force if they're able to get the win, but if not, uh, just the feelings of self-doubt because coming into the season, there was so much talk about improvement with various players. And one of the guys that sticks out in my mind is Trey Bug. So Trey Bug put on his 10 pounds or whatever it is, got faster, um, and, and really showed out against Colgate. But what if he doesn't against Colorado? What if he gets out there and, and we he doesn't play well? And then it's like, well, man, did I actually really improve? And then it's like he still doesn't exactly know himself, know his how his body's working. And then now all of a sudden we got to go play one of the basically the best team in the conference at Boise, and that's kind of what scares me. And I'm oversimplifying it, and I'm definitely speaking for him. I don't know if that's his mentality. I'm just saying that would be my mentality personally. But maybe I'm just a a, a weaker individual. But. Um, that's, that's the thing that kind of scares me about it is that I don't want this to turn into, um, something where, where our guys kind of truly believe that they can go in there and then just something happens and, and it just doesn't go well. And I, I think that's kind of the same thing that I, that I said could have been a possibility about, um, about army against Michigan. So maybe I'm just kind of being the eternal pessimist here, but yeah, I'm really excited for the game. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be awesome, but it's just like, you know, what do, what do we, I mean, there's, there's so much we can get out of this. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I am definitely just nervous with the lead up in a conference play. Scott, you mentioned, oh, sorry. You mentioned kind of having like this being a bit of a, like a scheduling gap, having, you know, their off week and then coming in now to play Colorado was, is there sort of kind of thinking hindsight a better positioning that you wish it would have had? Cause I know for us, for me, I'm thinking, I was really kind of frustrated in the beginning knowing that Michigan was week two because I kind of wished, like you um, kind of mentioned before, I wish we could have put this off because now it's kind of like, okay, who are we going to play? Tulane's going to be coming later. That's really exciting. So is this something, um, 
a kind of a, a game that you would have wished would have been pushed farther into the schedule, especially knowing that Boise State is right after this. And I think we've all kind of established that Navy has like the ideal schedule <laughs> this year. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, switch it with Colorado State. So what we always do is we always schedule those Colorado State-Wyoming games um, towards the end of the season, and then we'll have like um, – and we usually play like New Mexico later, or if we have San Diego State on the schedule in that season, we'll always play them later. We always kind of front load our tougher games, even in the conference, which I think is a really strange thing to do because if we're on a really good season, so let's say we're our our team plays as well as they're supposed to, plays as good as they looked the rest of the season against Colgate, and it's like then we're gonna win those games anyways. I don't care if Wyoming's improved. I really don't care that they beat Missouri. It's still Wyoming. I don't think they made considerable gains than over the how they have been for the last few seasons it just doesn't look like they they did so why not play that game later against colorado an out of conference game let colorado get beat up by the pac-12 by other power five teams throughout the rest of their season and give us that game after army to kind of look forward to and say listen we're gonna go and show out and potentially have a tune-up before the bowl starts so or before our bowl game so i think that that is something that could have been a lot better um, I mean, there's a lot of rearranging that I would do on our schedule. I would I would maybe even leave the bye week right before that game, but just push the bye week back later in the season because I, I just really – I don't see the benefit in it um, after having week one. It, I mean, obviously, if we win this game, I'll, I'll have a different tune. Yeah, maybe it was awesome having, a, having a, a week two bye, but it really hasn't done anything for us in the last few years against uh, some of the bigger teams, even against FAU. I thought that it didn't help us at all. Um, and then I think we played Georgia State – uh, two years ago, and I mean that was fine because they weren't they weren't very good then. Um, I mean Georgia State fans are obviously saying they are good now, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and then Michigan before that, so it really hasn't done anything for us that we can kind of point to. So I I would love to adjust the schedule if I could. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I don't know if we did enough like nuts and bolts kind of discussion on on the game, but um, is there? Uh, yeah. Give me give me yeah. a key take a key a key kind of takeaway thing you're looking for in in the actual like X's and O's or you know player matchups or something in this game. Sure. So I mean, really, what what do I what can I point to um, that I've seen from Air Force? Um, honestly, nothing. Just based on it. So what I am going to kind of look at is I I'm. Happy to take a page out of Army's book a little bit. I think we need to capitalize on those on those turnovers. Um, Steven Montez did throw um, an interception, and it looked like there could have been a couple more. So if we can get um, Trey Bug to step up, and and maybe if Zane Lewis is in, um, even some of the linebackers if there's kind of crossing routes, that kind of thing. Um, so capitalize on those. We cannot take it, and I'm only saying this because. Uh, Colorado went to overtime last week, and Army did. We can. I don't think we can take this game to overtime. I would like our chances slightly better than Army just because of the system that we run, but I do not want to take it to overtime um, and then just pound away and play fast. Like I said, keep those rotations in. I don't really mind subbing in uh, different units of, of running backs, and I think that that's something we need to do to keep our guys fresh. Um, Christian Mallard, Cade Remsburg, Taven Birdo, all those guys. Just constantly keep them subbing, keep the keep the uh, the the shakeup of, of carries going, and I mean, we really haven't seen what Don, I mean. We haven't seen at all what Donald Hammond's arm can do. Let him eat. Um, I think if that opportunity is there, hopefully he's been working on his passing. Hopefully he's really comfortable with some of his targets. The the wide receivers, and I think that 
we shouldn't necessarily have to rely on that exclusively. Like, if we're going to be a running team, stick with the running team. Don't don't make desperate throws. But I think at the same time, we need to be able to flex that muscle if the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, I already kind of mentioned my kind of key on, on defense being that defensive backfield and how they um, lock down Colorado's um, receivers, you know, in, in particular, uh, KD Nixon, who had a, just a huge game against Nebraska. Um, but just in general, I mean, they, they have a pretty good slew of receivers there. Um, but on offense, I think I think it is opening up the game a little bit. I, I agree I agree with you. If if it's working and you're you're plugging away and you're having success kind of like Army um, and, and you're just pounding away on the ground and um, you're you know keeping it close, you're within a touchdown or you're up a touchdown or two or something like that, like don't get crazy here. Um, but it's similar to that game, like you said, they're going to have to take risks at some point, and I don't know if just opening up the passing game is necessarily a risk. Um, but if I was putting, like, a, we know Donald Hammond's got to have a big game, and you expect uh, Cade Rimsberg and the, the running backs to have a big game too. But if I was going to put my money on someone, like if they if they have a, uh, a what, whatever you would consider a big game for them um, that would lead to Air Force winning the game, give me Gerard Sanders. Like, I think if he has a, a four-catch, uh, ADR game with a touchdown or something like that, like that's an indication that Air Force might win that game. Um, and I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but I yeah, I totally agree. The only thing that I really hope we don't do is I just noticed that when Air Force starts to get desperate, what we did last year was sub the quarterbacks. That's the other thing. Early yeah. on, let let Donald Hammond make a mistake if he has to. Do not put yeah. in Isaiah Sanders in an act of desperation just to get some throws out there. So yep. that's one no, thing I, can, I think that's a, a really, really good point, and we'll go to break yeah. right after that point. But I think that we've we've talked about that enough to like we're blue in the face, right, about that situation. Um, but I think that you're absolutely right. Like at the end of the day, like if you lose to Colorado by two touchdowns and, and Hammond had a fumble or something like that in there or, or made a mistake, like let let them let the dude finish the game and see what he can do in the fourth quarter and kind of your next game is Boise, right? Like you're not gonna if if the plan is still to start him at quarterback the next week, then don't don't disrupt things just to try and um, pull this out against Colorado, like think about the bigger picture, play the longer game. And, and if it's his team, like let him, let him have it. I completely agree with that. Actually. That's a really good point. Um, all right, let's take a break on the back end of this break. Austin's going to join us and jump on and jump in the conversation. He's ready. So we'll give him a chance to say anything he wants to say about army Michigan. And then we're going to talk army UTSA real quick. Um, and then we'll jump into Navy ECU. So catch you on the other side of this break. All right, welcome back to the Against All Enemies podcast. Uh, we are excited that Austin's able to now join us on the, the back end of the second commercial. Austin, welcome to uh, welcome to the episode. And you missed the last one too, right? So it's been... I know, that's why... Evacuate hurricanes, yeah. winning volleyball matches. Yeah, man, late late summer is just a busy time. <laughs> mm-hmm. High school volleyball coach, and then you have to add on uh, living in Florida hurricane season. So you just you never know what a weekend's going to be like here. Yeah. Uh, well, glad to have you on, and uh, and we're going to get to Navy in a second, but I just want to give you a chance because we did already talk Army Michigan um, and Air Force Colorado this weekend. Um, but any thoughts? I know you were coaching volleyball over the weekend too. I was You were like, text me so I can get things on my Fitbit. Um, I actually did not do a good job because I was so like glued to that game. I was running the live Twitter at the time too, but I was like so glued to that game that my text messages were really – it was basically like, oh, Army has a chance to win, and then I didn't say anything until like, oh, Army lost, sorry. That was pretty much my update for Austin, uh, but that's like I know a, you didn't catch yeah, it in I, person. I was able to watch a lot of it, just the way that like my schedule worked, and then um, 
Of course, I didn't see any of the overtime, so that was the bummer. But I saw that it was going into overtime and everything. But, I mean, I'm not going to say, like, I know I didn't call that score, but I, I definitely called the, uh, you know, take Army Army with the plus 22. And then I even said take the under because I felt like if Army was going to keep it close, it would be a low-scoring game. Even yeah, with that, the overtime, the under still hit. Yeah, well, with double overtime, if they had gotten a field goal there, it would have it would have been a push, right? It was 48, so it would have been, like, right it on was. Yeah. Um, so, but then somebody would have had to obviously win. So if the army easy, had, easy money though, guys. <laughs> it was. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't. Whatever I published this week for the risk management, I'm not necessarily sure I would do it because the chance of me winning two times in a row like that's tough. But well, that, that's actually a good point. I mean, if you have anything else you want to say about Army Michigan in general, that's fine. But um, actually, Scott already brought it up. So like, let's just talk about it for your Air Force Colorado part. Um, it's a minus four Colorado spread. Me personally, I don't think I'm touching that. But what were your thoughts on a minus four Colorado? spread for the air force game yeah i was actually just went to vegas insider i admit i haven't even looked at it yet i know i owe that article in a couple days um it says it opened at minus one and a half and it shifted to minus four so um riding that that colorado high no uh no pun intended there um, (laughs) from the nebraska game uh yeah i mean if it was minus one and a half that i mean i would if you're I can see why it shifted to minus four. I actually can see that, but um, I don't know enough yet necessarily to say the, the way I like it. I, I probably wouldn't touch it either. I mean, I could see Air Force win this. It's just it's tough with one game for Air Force, which played well, but it was still yeah. an FCS opponent, and it's it looks like it might be a down year for Colgate, right? Like, they might not be what they what everyone thought yeah. they were going to be in the FCS. And that's not discrediting Air Force at all. Like, it's just it's tough to see well, what their metric really is. And the fact that we're using, like, we're trying to discuss the how good Colgate is going to be as a metric for what, I mean, that should speak enough, to, right? To, to, and, and actually, that was Scott's first point. Like, Scott was basically, like, talk, not, not talking about the list. He was like, talk me into, um, you know, basically just just concern over, like, we don't know who Air Force is yet. And that's he's talked about that the schedule set up before, and we talked about it again tonight. Just um, this is going to be their first game of where we see yeah. who they are, so. Whereas yeah, we kind of we have a sense of who Colorado is now, um, so I wouldn't be shocked if Air Force wins by two scores. You're like, man, they're legit, but wouldn't be shocked if they lose by two scores and they're just kind of playing from behind the whole time. And you're like, all right, you know, maybe they are a seven and five type team. We'll see. Yeah. So either one of those is that change. So let's I don't know, two scores is a lot. Let's say one score. Let's say a, t- a touchdown victory for Air Force or a touchdown loss for Air Force. Does either one of those change your opinion going into a Friday night game at Boise on the blue turf of? Just the that that game, like after this week, if it's if it's a touchdown score either way for Air Force. Uh, I mean, uh, on a straight up like head to head, I still favor Boise just at home in that environment and that and how Boise is. Um, unless Air Force, yeah, just really took it to Colorado, then I'd be interested to see what would happen. But yeah. uh, I did watch the Boise Marshall game. I watched most most of that last week. And Marshall's, it was a good game. Yeah, Marshall's solid, but it was much lower. You know, I didn't expect it to be fourteen seven or whatever it was. Like I expected more points than that. So, um, is that because Boise had offensive struggles, or is, or is Marshall's D really that stout? Like, you know, so I don't know. We're, we'll talk about this game next week, and I and I'm not trying to get ahead to, or I guess, yeah, that is next week, right, Scott? They go right into it. Yeah. It's next Friday. Um, I yeah, we'll talk about it next week. I I don't think Boise is. I, I think yeah. I, 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 if you look at who, sorry, Kayla, I'm going to go. I know. Sorry, Kayla. If you look at Florida State and what they just did with Louisiana, oh my Monroe, God. It's like, I, I'm not actually sure, boy, 
we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there next week. Well, on that, there's about a dozen of us that vote for the underdog dynasty top 10, which is yeah. just, it's not like G5. Basically, it's just underdog top 10. So the Army and stuff's obviously included in that. Um, but I'm in the minority that when I have UCF first, most people have Boise first. And I'm like, eh. I wouldn't like, consider yeah. them. I'm not saying they're not, I'm not saying they're not going to end up being the best one, but like, yeah, the Florida State win doesn't look as good now. And then you won by seven. Marshall's good, but I don't know. I don't think they're like the second best team in, in you know, G5 or whatever. So Yeah, and it was a great anyway, comeback yeah, against that's Florida probably, State. That's probably more for next week. You're right. Yeah, Sorry. you're right. It, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so like, let's move. Uh, well, Scott, do you have anything you want to add since we just talked a lot of Mountain West Air Force stuff and didn't you haven't, you know, said a word? I mean, like I said, I, I – nothing – Nothing really changes. Basically, yeah. if I were to, to make a true call right now, what I would be doing is just picking something and kind of justifying my way backwards. Um, I don't even think the <laughs> spread tells me anything. I think that spread is meant to be a little bit of a trap in case the game happens to go by a point or two um, or even a field goal. So I think even Vegas is kind of hedging on that. They're just kind of like, I don't know where the money's going to go. I don't... I haven't, and I haven't heard about anybody putting any big money on it, so I don't think that's kind of shifted it any either which way. Um, I just, it's really just, we, we'll see. I have no clue. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if you remember. I'm gonna toot my own horn here. A couple weeks ago, I told you not to touch that Army Rice game because you just didn't know. And I still feel like we don't know yet, so I wouldn't touch it. All right, let's get to Army UTSA. Speaking of Army. Um, and I, we already kind of pre-set this up, and I'm gonna go ahead and let Scott just go ahead, Scott. Like you, you call UTSA victory in our in our uh, in our preseason, but you've already kind of said that, that was contingent on on the couple I had things once again seeing the game. Yeah. So now, do you have a, a a new take on this game? Um, I wouldn't say completely new take, but like I said, I, I don't think you can look at this look at a game like Army played against Michigan and say okay, well, this is the team that's going to go in and just blow out UTSA, right? Um, at the end of the day, like I said, they play great as a team. They play great as a big as a big kind of uh, unit. But you still got to kind of look at Kelvin Hopkins' stats. I mean, he really only averaged a couple yards on every run, uh, carried the ball 18 times for like 47 yards, not terrible, um, and, and threw two for four on passing. I think that's good, and I think it worked well with them. Like I said, his the way he played, the way he looked on the field and commanded that offense, um, it, the, that's not what the, the stats really say. Um, but if you go in with that exact same kind of play against a team like UTSA, I don't think they blow them out. I think they get the win. I think they win by probably 10, maybe 14, but I don't think it's just going to be a huge... I don't think it's going to be like a really huge dismantling. And, and even if you look at the spread on this game, it's like, what, 17? So I think even Vegas is saying, well, it's not going to be necessarily a blowout. Um, but overall, I mean, I think it's a pretty safe lock that, that Army's going to get the win here. Kayla, what are your thoughts on, on the UTSA game this week? Um, no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I kind of – I definitely have them having come, coming out of like a double-digit victory. The, the week one, you know, they um, – UTSA – they had a, a great win, 35-7 over Incarnate Word, and then lost 63-13 to against Baylor. Uh, so, um, I don't know. For them, I think, you know, they could be coming in, you know, with the chip on their shoulder as well. But even against Baylor, uh, they netted 164 rushing yards total versus Baylor 368. They fumbled three times. Um, so, kind of in, this, in a similar vein, 
as you know, like I said, every kind of team has these opportunities to have hiccups. And so, you know, if Army happens to, you know, come into Texas um, and on a high and kind of place plays loose and is, is a little sloppy, which I really don't think that that's going to happen because, it, you know, service academies, not to be ironic, but they play pretty disciplined as a whole anyways. Um, you know, UTSA could pick, uh, pick a couple, uh, uh, you know, touchdowns and, you know, make some drives. But I, I think this will be a lock for them. Um, and I think especially coming off of, off of Michigan, another game on the road, I'm sure could be a little bit stressful uh, for Army, kind of wanting to get to their bye week and kind of have their break um, in the midst of the Surface Academy schedule. But I have this as a victory for them as well. So I actually am curious if anybody knows this answer. Um, put you guys on the spot. Last year, Army played Oklahoma and took them to overtime. And then do you remember who they played the week after Oklahoma in a similar situation, having to come back off of a, a devastating loss against a top 10 opponent? Anyone? Bueller? No. Not Hawaii. Not Hawaii. Buffalo. Um, uh, Army took on Buffalo the very next week, and Buffalo came into that game undefeated, <laughs> um, receiving votes, receiving votes in the in the AP poll. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they came in four, to that game four and zero, um, and feeling pretty good about that game. And Army took them to the woodshed. I mean, just I mean, forty two thirteen. They hounded Tyree Jackson. He finished that game ten for twenty four, um, and and I think actually Elijah Riley had a, a blocked. Uh, field goal attempt or yeah, there was a field goal attempt that uh, ended up being a return for a touchdown and um yeah i mean they just that was a that was a huge win for them at buffalo um and and so that was kind of my first thought is like who's how do they bounce back um and i just i don't think it's going to be a problem i think that i do think jeff monken's a good coach i think he keeps them locked in i think they um you know weren't hanging their heads after the game and, and that they're going to come into this game ready to play um, against a UTSA team that's not very good, um, I don't think. And, and I think that um, – I, I, I actually think it will be a very similar type outing. Um, a, a, uh, this is a road game, yeah. right? It is at UTSA, yeah. right? Um, so uh, very similar in that they were playing at Buffalo, which I know is in New York. But um, a road game after having the Oklahoma game, I think it's going to be similar. I think this is going to be a, a, a blowout personally. So, Austin, you got any thoughts? Uh, what is over under at forty? My, I think it's minus seventeen now for Army, so that's like ooh, thirty-one, fourteen game. I think I don't, I, I don't see it being a thirty-one, fourteen game. I don't, I don't see UTSA putting more than fourteen points on the board, and I, I, I would say Army's probably going to score more than thirty. Yeah. I, I don't. Know, so the seven, the, the Army Buffalo game was forty-two, thirteen. You think that's a more accurate? Um... Yeah, I'm not. I'm Sorry. not sure if this Army team can 42? put up 42 points on a regular basis. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's just looking at 2019 Army so far. Small sample size. They haven't shown me the confidence yet where they can you know put up 40 some points necessarily as as, as often. But that's true. Yeah, they a, they haven't put together 35 a, seven game, 35 10 maybe something like that. They haven't put together a full certainly a, a, a good offensive game from start to finish yet uh, only two two games in but the defense you feel pretty confident in after these two games right yeah, they've, they they've got a solid uh, yeah. defense utsa ain't scoring 14 points <laughs> yeah okay um so I, I don't know i think i like that that spread as well i think i would you know i, I w- i'm not going to bet that game but i would take army on that uh, all right so we, we feel pretty confident army's going to bounce back um all right uh so let's last let's last Save the save the best for last, right, Austin? We're going to talk Navy, ECU. Navy, very similar to Air Force. 
um, played a Patriot League opponent and has had a bye week, and now uh, we feel pretty good. Uh, having been there at the game, Austin and I were both at that game, and, and it was good to see some 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 really positive things, but we don't know a whole lot about Navy still, and this is going to be the first real kind of um, look, and I don't even think in this game we're going to get the full look, perhaps, of who Navy is, but certainly it's going to be uh, a much better look. So, Austin, what's your kind of thoughts going into the ECU game? Uh, you know, we talked about a month ago or, or even longer about how the schedule couldn't shape up any better for Navy. Um, I, I still feel like if I'm going to play ECU, I want to play them early, but I also think we talked about a bunch of unknowns, obviously, with Mike Houston now at the helm there. He's been very successful at JMU at the FCS level, and then he's making the, the jump here to ECU and FBS. He's a good coach. I mean, if you look at his record, look at his trend, he seems to get the most out of his teams and get better and better. Um, are they going to be ready this, this fast? I don't know. They just played Gardner-Webb, I think, this past weekend. I actually tried to watch that game and disappointed in my YouTube TV, who no longer has access to ESPN3, effective like August 28th. Bummer. Yeah, that's wow. that's rough. I know. We can still get. I mean, I, I pay like five dollars a month for ESPN Plus, but my YouTube TV doesn't. It's not allowed for ESPN three. Last year it worked. Anyway, side note: YouTube TV. So that's a minus one for YouTube YouTube TV. Um, but no, I, the game does. It, it scares me a little bit, and I think it's because I'm from Virginia, so I know how successful Houston was at JMU, at James Madison, and so I might be giving him a little bit more credit than deserving this early in his tenure so uh i think the spread for navy is minus seven minus seven and a half um do i like a touchdown win sure would i would take a one point win i you know compared to what we saw last year so uh i, I like navy's chances to win this game but i also am excited to see maybe navy get tested a little bit more and like just a better obviously a step up from what they played uh two weeks ago against holy cross so what do you think are, well, I mean, what's your kind of main things you're looking for, I guess, in this game? Okay, so yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think I said last last time you asked that question, I said, hey, I want to see a lot of production out of the slot backs for whatever reason, FCS teams we do really, or Navy does really well in the slot backs. That happened. That was also because of what, uh, uh, what they were doing defensively in terms of um, kind of stacking the box a little bit more inside and letting Navy get to the outside. And the, the safety, I think, was who was tracking the pitch man and... Um, that just shaped out for a good day for, for Navy slot backs. Uh, I am actually hoping to see uh, maybe a little bit more um, a little bit more in the passing game. So I think, what, six six of nine last week or two weeks ago yep. for uh, Keenan. I'm not asking Keenan again. This is like the <laughs> second time. That's, Malcolm's already showing me Keenan stats and making me think of Keenan, which is awesome. Um, but I, I, I would like to see them open that up a little bit more uh, passed for over 100 yards, which is awesome. And I think they even said, like, if they threw 15 times a game, 12 to 15 times a game, that might be kind of what they're looking for with, with their new offense. Maybe they even said less than that. I don't remember, to be honest with you. Um, but if you're looking for a dozen passes, uh, I wouldn't maybe mind seeing, uh, oh, like, a, you know, an inside slant run. We're like, okay, that was a quick six, seven yards. And then setting themselves up for, for a second and three and four. Or maybe then they do a play-action pass back-to-back and kind of catch people off guard that way. Um, but that's on the offensive side. On the defensive side, I'm really, I really want to see our corners, our secondary in general, kind of get tested a little bit more, right? Like that's kind of a group that has to mature and mature fast. Uh, and we, we saw some hard-hitting defense that we haven't really been used to seeing in terms of Navy flying and getting to the ball. Uh, but I think the secondary is has to be 
the most improved unit week in and week out. So I think ECU is a step in terms of testing that. Yeah, and and you mentioned Mike Houston, right? And that's a big you know thing we said early on. Like, yeah, we want to get them early because they haven't maybe had time to fully gel. They you know they've got a, a power five game against NC State under their belt, and um, I mean didn't didn't score a touchdown, but I mean they didn't. You know, I don't think they got blown out. I don't think losing by four touchdowns to NC State is. I mean, maybe that's still considered a blowout, but um, but they they couldn't run the ball at all. They couldn't establish the run whatsoever. They should obviously be able to do that a little bit more against against Navy. But then yeah, came out against Gardner Webb and um, still though like their their quarterback. I don't know hasn't shown me that he's like he hasn't he still didn't even dominate that game. I mean, he was eighteen for right. twenty nine with one hundred ninety five yards with a touchdown and a pick against Gardner Webb. Um, they obviously won that game handedly 48 to 9 but um haven't seen him do you know a ton but yeah houston has had success everywhere he's gone um you know took kind of revived the citadel and took them to um to the fcs playoffs in 2015 and they won a game um and uh, i have to throw this in there that 2015 citadel team um they got a big big power five win late in the season does anybody i'm just question number two does anybody remember who the citadel beat in 2015 Power Five program. I feel like it had to be an ACC team. Like, no, nope. I'm throwing this in there for a reason. There's a reason I'm throwing this in there. Uh, couldn't have been an SEC school. It was an SEC school. Really? Yes. Like Auburn or something? No. South Carolina. South Carolina. Citadel okay. went to South Carolina. A little beat, Clemson. Right. Little Clemson jab in there. Beat South Carolina, twenty-three to twenty-two. In 2015, under head coach Mike Houston, um, he was only there two years, but took them to the FCS playoffs, and got a first-round win, went to the second round, and, and lost um, in a close game against Charleston Southern before taking over JMU. And then in his first season at JMU, took them to the national championship. This guy knows how to – he's a good coach. He knows how to win football games, um, has revived some some programs. And so I have no doubt that he's going to do that at ECU. Many people who have seen him said, hey, this is a, this is a home run hire. Um, and people don't know who he is because he's been FCS or Division Two his whole career, but home run hire for, for the Pirates down the road. Um, but catching them early, I think, is a big deal. And, and yeah, I mean, I think we're looking at um, how does how does a non-FCS opponent, um, how does Malcolm look throwing the ball? How do we look, you know, is there still having that balance? And, and what play, how does that play out? And then just on defense, um, as we start to throw more and more wrinkles into, into this new scheme, and does that intensity stay? you know, ramped up and it's a home game to open conference play. And so, I mean, I think we're going to have, you know, next week when we talk on the podcast, we're going to have a much better idea of who Navy is and a much better idea of who Air Force is, right, um, coming into into the next week. Um, but, I mean, do we, we still think this is, uh, even though we still haven't seen a ton from Navy, but we, we, did, we did get a look um, against Holy Cross. This is a win for Navy across the board. Everybody feels that way still? Or? I do. I do have one question, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but looking at, um, Mike Houston's like press conference for this week and he had mentioned, you know, Citadel victory and talking about that and kind of being familiar with, uh, the wishbone offense. And he did note that against Holy Cross, that fourth quarter switching out of <laughs> quarterback. So I'm interested yeah. to see, um, if that's something that's going to happen again, because obviously I think everybody, we all took notice of it and kind of, you know, furred our brows a little bit about what's kind of going on. Um, so it'll be interesting to kind of see if that's something that happens again because that's obviously on his radar, um, and I think on ours too, or at least on mine because I kind of was looking like, what the heck is going on? 
Yeah, I mean, also if you want to take that, you can. But I don't. I don't. I think that was just the we're up by, you know, why not forty points type, almost forty points type thing, and um, wanted to, still felt like they just wanted to get wanted to get the guys in. It was a way of kind of trying that out for Ivan, his first time coaching on the sidelines, and I think they were. They were literally just trying stuff out and and seeing, getting a feel for what that looks like. So maybe they can implement more, not rotating quarterbacks every play, but yeah. sending the play in with a player like Paul Johnson did every game ever, you know, in his entire coaching career never they weren't holding up signs like he literally just calls somebody over calls a slot back over sends them sends a play with it in with that person and every single play he's whispering in somebody's ear what the play is and sending it in with them and that's essentially what ivan was doing there so i don't know austin if you have any thoughts but yeah i would i would love to be in a situation where i think he's going to do that again because i assume that would be a pretty large lead for navy but I, i i don't anticipate that to be replicated again probably at all this season yeah well the the quarterback thing but could you see i mean i i think he was using that as a as once again him kind of getting a feel for in game sending the plays in with with a different player maybe he's obviously changing out players literally every play on offense for the most part usually the slot backs um so i could see that um where he, he maybe works some of that in but they even said coach ken said in the press conference we're still gonna you know signal in plays um really we're just removing one um mode of communication from the box down you know to get the play call in by having ivan on the sidelines not having to do that so um, and i asked malcolm that question in in the post-game press conference what did he prefer and he's without hesitation said hands down i prefer having coach jasper right there on the sidelines um looking me in the eyes telling me what the play is so we'll see we'll see how that you know moves forward any other thoughts on navy ecu that was a kind of quick rundown of of that game it's obviously a big game it's the first conference game um, for Navy and, and wanting to get it kind of a, a good start in the AAC race um, this season, which I think is going to obviously be super competitive yet again. Um, big time game at home um, should be a, should be a good environment, should be a good game. So any other final thoughts on that? What's the, what's the spread been, in that game? I think it's minus seven or seven and a half is what I've been seeing lately. I, I was trying to dig this up too. So, uh, Houston did bring over his defensive coordinator from JMU. Oh. So then I was trying to see, like, who has uh, – sometimes I feel like when you play some FCS programs, they are used to the triple option a little bit more, right? So you're curious to see who who have they played in the last two or three years and what kind of formations do they do. But literally I was just crash course and looking like four or five tabs trying to find out. So I don't have the answer right now. But that's something that might come into play, right? Like I'm going to try and figure that out. What What defensive scheme have they usually done against a triple option opponent? Yeah, I mean, I think that that being at that level, he obviously has to be more familiar um, with with that. And honestly, I don't know. You know, Citadel has, has traditionally been a triple option team. I don't know if he ran that at the Citadel and just kind of went with that, or what. I don't. I don't know that answer um, as to kind of what he ran those two years he was there. Obviously, at JMU, he was not running a triple option. But um, but yeah, I think um, that that would be interesting to see. You know, just how much experience they do have against that. But at the end of the day. Um, I don't know. There's a difference in Wofford running that and yeah. Navy Absolutely. and Navy running that, right? So <laughs> yeah, um, but there's a there's a difference too in in the defensive personnel in theory for ECU sure. versus sure. in theory versus but Jamie. That might actually not be true. Jamie. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure that's actually the, the case. <laughs> not yet. Hopefully, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what we do, we still agree. Like that. This is a we want to get him. We we want to get ECU this two year period. Um, and we want to get them as early as possible this season, right? Sure. And uh, and because we we I think are in agreement that that this 
will be a program on the rise um, in the AAC East in the next few years that has fallen off dramatically since they let Ruffin McNeil go for whatever reason that was um, because he was a really good coach and had done really good things there um, and just not, not had much success since he left. So, all right, well, uh, any any final uh, thoughts, Scott? What are we what are we grilling or what are we cooking up this week? Buffalo burgers again, or uh, I don't know. I did about ten pounds of pork shoulder on the smoker last oh week, so I think that'll get me through. We need to make a road trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Wait till uh, wait till it gets a little bit colder. I'll 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 have some homemade bacon or pastrami recipes or something. Oh my god! Yeah. Sounds great. Let's I think see. you need to start doing that every week. Uh, you definitely need to come to an Apples for that. <laughs> At Navy Air Force game, I am well. I don't say unfortunately. I am coaching again this Saturday. Uh, last possible match is scheduled for three. It's possible we're finished before that as well. So hopefully, I can get get to watch kickoff here. Yeah, I mean, it, and it should be a good weekend um, with the uh, Air Force kind of kicking it off at the one o'clock game against Air or against Colorado, which I guess that'll be an eleven Mountain start, right? Um, yeah. So that's kind of uh, that's early for for that, um, but. Then Army and Navy both playing at 3.30. Going to be honest, I don't even know if I'll have the Army-UTSA game on. Maybe if I have a second TV up or the laptop or something, I'll, I'll throw that on. But um, I'm going to be watching the Navy-ECU game. It's on NFL yeah. Network. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah? Nice. NFL Network or Facebook, Scott. Hey, so. Minus two for YouTube TV. <laughs> what I will say about the, the UTSA game could be a little interesting because they play in an oversized dome. Yeah. Um, they usually only leave it open to the bottom, like the the 100 level, and then also San Antonio is military city. So I mean, and, and Army's had a good showing. Could get a lot of Army. It's folks their military support, appreciation so. game on Saturday. Fun fact. Of course so, it is. Why not? Every Army. <laughs> <laughs> Again, so why not? Of course it is. Uh, yeah, no, I mean it'll be a good game, and maybe I'll, I'm sure I'll watch in the beginning and just kind of see how things are going. Of course, I'll be keeping up, but. Um, Kayla, you said you're gonna you have your thing on Saturday now, so will you be able to watch? Oh uh, no, or? I'll be able to watch it. I have some reenlistment paperwork to sign, so they got me for another six years. Yeah. Oof. Hey. <laughs> <Oof>. Congratulations. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyone, anyone who I talk to who's already in is like, so they got you, and I'm like, yeah, but I got a bonus and some other stuff, and so we'll see. Nice. Hey. Yeah. Bye. So, so you're telling me Scott's grilling, but drinking beer? All right. No, go. not yet. You won't make the big. You, Maybe you won't Air make Force. the big money. The drinks are on you. <laughs> all right. Well, it, it's gonna be a good weekend then. So hopefully, Definitely. yeah, you're able to watch the game. Be tuned in. Um, and yeah, we're we're over our hour limit for Scott, so we gotta we gotta get out of here. Um, but it was a good conversation, a good discussion uh, about Army Michigan. Um, looking at Air Force Colorado, which we've probably spent the most time talking about as far as games this week. Was that your game of the week for this week, Austin, in your um, article? Or yes, it had to. Though. Yeah, to right. Had, I mean, I it's, so it's got to be the, the game. So I mean, it's just I'm I'm excited for like obviously I'm excited for the ECU game because I want to see Navy first conference game. That's going to be great. But I really I really will be tuned into the Air Force Colorado yeah. game. Um, hopefully all the way to the end because it's a close game and uh, and. Um, and I'm still, you know, flipping back and forth as the Navy ECU game kicks off. But, um, yeah, it's going to be good. And then, you know, Army UTSA, hopefully Army has a, a solid bounce back from their kind of heartbreaking loss against Michigan. And we'll be, um, you know, having having some good conversation next week. And we'll know much more about Air Force and Navy for sure on our 
on our discussion next week and have a lot more to talk about with them. So thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next week. Congratulations to the Navy midshipmen. Winners of the Commander in Chief's Trophy, the great Air Force Falcon. Now, the Lord of the United States, we are the Mission.